make that a project and say, you know, prove to me that this is going to save us money, you right. know, and then they can get behind it and you've given them something where they can take technology and they can help it to improve the company. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. We are coming to you today from our beautiful downtown Chicago studio. This is the podcast to equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. You bet. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm in the studio with my co-host and good friend, Jimmy Carr. Yeah, the, the guy that never turns his mic off, right? <laughs> yeah, we just had to re-record this whole thing because, uh, you know, Jimmy forgot to put his microphone on. Sorry. So anyway. Yeah, we are. We're coming to you from downtown Chicago. It's a Saturday afternoon in late October. Yeah, Jim is, d- doesn't have a suit on today. He yeah, has, and or a jacket on. He's got on a t-shirt. Yeah, so. and half my face got is my gray kind of and uh, got the long hair coming out of my beard. and I'm But I'm feeling good nonetheless. Good. And I'm ready to talk about a really powerful episode today. I, I think it'll inspire and equip a lot of um, our listeners and our fans to make better decisions uh, going forward. But before we get into that, Jason yeah, and I wanted to talk about what talk we about just Discover. did Monday, Tuesday, Discover yeah, yeah. 2015. So Jim and I were at Mazak's Discover 2015. Um, Mazak was kind enough to fly us out to Kentucky. We actually flew into Cincinnati and it's on the border with Ohio. And, you know, it had a really great time there. They they treated us well and we, we went to a reception. We talked with Brian um, Papke, Brian Papke yeah, the president of Mazak. He was very nice, very smart guy. You know, treated us well. So he really um, did. I really, I really enjoyed our time there. I thought it was good too. Just a quick question, Jason. You know, you had never been there before. It was the third time I'd been there, but it was your first time touring the facility. What was your wow factor with the whole place when you walked in and saw that place for the first time? What was that feeling that came over you? How did you react? So I think the biggest wow factor was the Mazex making Mazex. Yeah, it's pretty. You cool. know, you, you never think about that, but you know, machine tools make parts, but you got to make parts for machine tools too. Yeah, so in their factory, they have um, in Kentucky they. Have have Mazex making Mazex parts. Not everything comes from Japan. I know that one of my, my good friend Rich, he's got um, very large machine tools and his Mazex came directly from Japan, but they make quite a few um, machines there. It was very impressive. I agree too. You know, like I said, it was the third time I was there. So I was impressed with how they're maintaining their technology and they're constantly rethinking how's it going to make it better. You know, even if they have a miss, and I don't think they did, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, some people are a little bit reluctant to progress in technology because they're afraid of it. They're afraid they're going to fall. However, I think that no matter what, you have to do and, and keep going forward with your technology, even even if you do have a miss. Yeah, but, I mean, you got it. Yeah, you. I think that's a good point. You can't be afraid yeah. to fall. You can't be afraid to take on new technology. It's going to be painful, but you got to do it. I mean, the, nothing big was done without a little bit of pain. So if you're running a shop right now and you don't have updated machine tools, it, it's really something I wouldn't just go 
pull out and buy one, but I would do some, you know, some financial analysis on it and make sure you're making a good decision. But, you know, upgrade your machinery. They're doing some great things there. So they've got their um, iSmart factory and their MT Connect, which are um, data driven, basically, I guess, software database tools in order to create a better, more productive manufacturing facility. Yeah. From what I understand about the MT Connect, it monitors from a central location, like in your office, you can monitor the machine tools and see how productive they are throughout the day. Yeah. It was really interesting. They had like a dashboard that showed, you know, like you said, the productivity of those machines. And it was, it was fascinating. You know, there was lots of red and green and yellow bars um, and, and, you know, it all kind of got filtered into this three different little dashboards that told them how well that they were doing. Some of these tools are not like the MT Connect. It is not proprietary to Mazak. It is not. Um, no. But but Mazak is um, really taking that bull by the horn. Brian Papke is on the board of directors of MT Connect, and he's really incorporating that. And, and you know, I guess from a business standpoint, it helps that he's going to be able to cap probably capture more brand awareness with his customers, you know, because it'll be easier. Oh, it's smart. More, more it's Mazak definitely smart. Mazak. Yeah. It's very so, smart. But um, they were also um, capturing different types of machinery to that whole iSmart system and MT Connect system. Yeah. You know, and I was amazed at how many different variables they have, the different types of machines and how they're integrating multitasking machines into one. You know, gone are the days when you just have a regular two-axis lathe coming down or a CNC Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all about, you know, live tooling, multifunctional process. Yeah, you want to you want to set it up and you want it to be one and done. You, you know, you don't want to do multi-processes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's so, absolutely. You know, I'm, That's how we become more competitive. Right. Right. Yeah, it was great. And um, I'm, I'm glad um, Ryan Carr, my my son, who is my operations manager, was there because it really inspired him. Did you see him? He was all, Oh, he was excited. He yeah. was excited. Yeah. He came back and he's like, we need to get one of these next week. Yeah, he and wants like, to spend all your money. He wants to, yeah, <laughs> money we don't have yet. <laughs> but no, it's good. It's good to, it's good to be, um, to have that excitement, have something to look forward to. Yeah. And, and you know, Jim and I are genuinely excited about the trip. I mean, Mazak, we did some promotions for them some on, on this podcast, but um, they're not paying us to say this, so um, no. we really did. No, they're good enjoy people. Enjoy ourselves there, yeah, and, and they're good people, and they treated us well. Yeah. So. And s- speaking of my son Ryan, who is as a young man working in manufacturing. Oh, yeah, that's what we're talking about, right? That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about millennials in manufacturing and why we think it's just imperative that they know about this trade. And we're going to talk a little bit about the characteristics of millennials because I think, especially me being a baby boomer. Yeah, and um, I'm I'm not a millennial, but I'm actually right on the... the, I was born in the late 70s, so um, I'm right on the cusp of being a millennial. So I'm I'm kind of in that in-between generation X. I'm like a late generation. Generation X, or I should say a, a young Gen X. And so I'm in that in-between stage. I agree. But let's define that. Let, you know, let's get into it. So a well, millennial is anyone that was born in the early 80s to the early 2000s. Yeah. It's kind of loose. Yeah. So my wife's a millennial, I guess. Right. And I'm oh, a Gen God, Xer. Is your wife a millennial? Yeah. You're, uh, and you're a baby booner. I'm a, ba- I'm a what solid. Is, what's my dad in his mid to late 60s? Older. An mature older, and he's a, wiser. He's a that's mature what, baby boomer. I'm sure that's yeah. what he'd like to hear. <laughs> older, mature, and wiser. And a, probably a little slower than he was a couple of years before that. <laughs> 
But anyway, there's 76. He doesn't, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so we can say whatever we want That's about him. That's true. <laughs> but he's a great guy, nonetheless. Yes, he is. Uh, 76 million millennials are out there. Nearly one in three American workers in 2015 as a millennial is the largest share in the country's workforce. That's yeah, huge. It's crazy. That's huge. And why we think that millennials should come into manufacturing is there's going to be nearly three and a half million manufacturing jobs that need to be filled. Yeah, in so the we next- need them. We need these we people. Need yeah. We need them. We need them. So I think this is going to be an education for the baby boomer shop owners, managers, so they can engage more and know more about the traits of the millennials and what they're looking for in employment and and what they're really all about. Like a little bit of a deep dive into into their passions and and how they what makes them tick. I've got some things outlined, Jason. Uh, they're, they're called the seven traits of the millennials, and I thought we'd just like go through them real quickly and talk about them. So the first one is, to a millennial, passion matters. They're really passionate about everything they do in life, whether it's work, whether it's free time, social time, or how they feel about politics, legislature, how they listen to music, how, how they how Yeah, they and do- probably their jobs. I mean, I, so I, I would say if you were to look at, you know, that passion, you know, it's going to be different for a millennial. They're not just going to say, okay, we want you to, you know, push this button for a year. And if you do a good job pushing this button for a year, you're going to be able to rise up the ladder and, you know, become a manager. They don't really get on board with that. They want to know well, what's the future vision of the company. And I think Jim and I have earmarked that as a future podcast to talk about, but they want to know really why you exist and um, they want to stand behind that. And it doesn't have to be something that's like this overwhelming thing like, you know, we're going to save, you know, all the pandas from extinction in China. You know, it just has to be that you have a vision for the company that that they can get behind. So I agree. And they're, they're risk takers. They're really no risk, no reward is typically how they think. And they would rather take a risk to get a bigger reward in what they do socially or in the in a work environment. Yeah, and that could be dangerous as a manager too because you you need to be able to manage that risk. You know, I come from the standpoint that I I don't really I like to manage my risks very very closely, you know, because I just don't like to deal with any unforeseen risks that I don't know about. So you, you need to be careful of that when managing those millennials. So the next one is work and life balance. Man, that's a tough one. I know I struggle with that. I know you Oh, struggle with it, my Jason. dad str- struggles with that. At, I know um, too. it's, it's yeah. a tough one. But so, what? How do you think that this new age, these new millennials? How, how do you interpret what I just? Well, I, I think balance? that you know, going back to like my dad's generation, and and you probably feel very similar. And I'm kind of caught in between um, those two generations. It was always like you know, if you know, if you're sick, you get your butt into work, and yeah. you, you. My dad you, used you, to say, if you can be sick at home, you can be sick at work. Exactly, and and you know, my dad always had this standpoint that if you let one person take off of work because they're sick, everybody's going to want to take off of work because they're sick. And, you know, to a certain extent, he's right. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't baby people. But at the same time, you do have to find that balance and you have to empathize. Um, I would say that um, people don't want to um, stay home just because they're sick. But if they've got their child that's sick or something like that, they want to have that balance and that understanding um, with their employer um, where they can say, you know what, my child is sick. Both my wife and I both 
both work. And so we need to balance this thing. It's not just, well, you're the man, you got to go into work every day. It's no, my wife works too. And so um, we need to balance this when our when our child is sick. Work presented through projects. So they like project. They like to take on big tasks at their job. I, yeah, I think I know. that goes back to being passionate about something. Like they want to, you know, they want to feel passionate about getting that project done. You yeah. know, I have three millennials and I can see that, especially my o- oldest son. He really likes working in group projects. Um, it is particular job now. And when I read this and I was typing up this uh, these talk points for today, I said, boy, that sure rings true. The yeah. I mean, one- it's almost like, you know, and in, in once you get in that project done, you got to think about what's the next project for him, you know, because you certainly don't, you know, I know one of one of um, Ryan's big projects right now is that he wants to buy several new machine tools. Right. And, you know, you don't want to have him go through the process of, you know, creating this project, which ironically, we just talked about project management in, in the previous episodes. You don't want to have him get done with that project ordering the new machine tools and then they arrive and he's like, ah, I'm kind of bored with this. So you need to create another project and you say, okay, your next project is you need yes. to learn how to connect all these machines together and keep them motivated with all of these little projects along the way to make sure that they're fully engaged on a regular basis. Absolutely. Energized through newly learned skills. Of course, they, you know millennials love technology. They love the new skills they learn. They want to implement them right away. No drag time. They just want, they want to get to it right away. As soon as they learn it, boom, they want to go right into talking production. about technology technology yeah, so, so they I learn mean, a new software they learn a new machine tool they learn something new they want to implement it right away yeah so i mean let them prove it out so you know if they're really excited by you know mazex new you know smooth x control system or they're really excited by you know the mt connect make that a project and say you know prove to me that this is going to save us money you right. know and then they can get behind it and you've given them something where they can take technology and they can help it to improve the company. Right. They want spontaneity. They want it. They want it right away. Is that another point? Spontaneity? That is another point. Spontaneity. Again, that no risk, no reward. They tell you to encourage creativity with new ideas and technology. So I would go to my millennial in the shop and say, what do you think we really need going forward into is a technology-based item in our shop? And let the young millennial tell me. They like working in networks. They like... You know what this reminds me of? What's that? This reminds me of a previous episode that we did. Do you know what I'm thinking? I don't. No. The midnight lunch one. Oh, yes, with you Sarah Caldicott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of reminds me of, you know, like having these little meetings every once in a while to do, you know, creative work. Uh, how do we get more productive? How do we how do we get this done and really collaborate with each other in order to do those things? It's it's very true. And then travel, they encourage these millennials to travel, travel abroad and bring back best practices from what they've learned and seen across this country, across this world because what what that diversity is going to absolutely help us in our work environment to be a better company. Interesting. It's and it's just diversity. So and then there was a couple other things that I thought were really really interesting. Flexible work hour. You know, that's hard. That is hard. It is hard. And it says just under 90% would prefer to work at a time of their choice. That's hard. I as mean, opposed to nine to five. Let me finish this. Yeah. Nearly half of the millennials would take flex time or more vacation over increased pay. This generation. 
generation is highly motivated by flexibility. But for most manufacturers, there are some positions that don't fit well with this line of thinking. Of I, I totally understand this because my ultimate goal is, and, and I think I've said this before, my ultimate goal is not money, it's freedom. And so I completely understand where they're coming from, but it's hard to manage a business that way. It is. You can't have everybody coming and going as you please. Well, it depends on your line of business. You can do, I mean, I assume well, that's that, what it says. It works better for administrative and sales staff yeah, than I mean, it does for your shop. I people. assume that this article was not, you know, not, not, not written by a manufacturer. So they're not writing it from our perspective. So for us to try to incorporate something like this, it would be really hard. But I guess it goes back to, you know what? Tell them to figure it out themselves. Say, you know what? Let's talk about flex time. The 10 of you get together and see if you can hash out a way to be more flexible if that's something that you want. And if they can figure out a way to do it that doesn't interrupt the business, you know, give it a shot. Yeah, I you know, I don't I mean, know actually, how it would work, to be that, honest with you. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm going to take that seriously a little bit more going forward on my next millennial hire. I'm going to think about that and see what I can do to structure that going forward. Just yeah, That's hard, though. Yeah, it's, that's it's really hard, hard. In, in the manufacturing it really industry. Is. It really is. It's not like we're working at, you know, like Google or something like that. I mean, we're, no, you know, this, we got to get, we got to. This is a shop floor. We've got yeah. deadlines and with things. Exactly. Like, I know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. More than 60% of millennials have already changed jobs at least least one time and a staggering 91% don't foresee themselves in the same position three years from now. That's crazy. Wow. Oh my God. My dad used to say, I'm not even going to hire a guy that's been bouncing around from job to job. Totally he agree. wanted that guy that was that machinist at that XYZ company for 15 plus years because he didn't want to deal with that machinist that was bouncing around from shop to shop every other year. Well, I think that you can um, you know, create an environment at your work where you know if people are passionate and you do have a vision and you do have a culture that they're going to want to stick around. Right. You know, they're not going to want to leave. And, and there's probably a lot of companies that they're working at where they're like, I don't, I don't like this. And so I'm going to find something that I'm more passionate about. But what that statistic tells me is that I need to do two things. I need to have a process for hiring that is very clear and that I can bring people on, you know, and it doesn't disrupt my business. And then I also need a, um, a process for training so that I can train people in their new position if they're not going to stick around for a long time, you know, and set up that expectation for people that, you know, I created this training process. I expect you to be up to speed in, you know, a month or whatever. Whatever it is, I can't spend two years getting you to be, you know, up to par. Right, right, exactly. There's just a couple more because this was this was so enlightening to me. This one, not necessarily more than half the millennials would rather give up their sense of smell than their iPhone. They are highly connected to their devices and their social networks. They seek to work with companies that embrace technologies like BYOD and that have an open mind about social media networks. Did you know that 56% of millennials won't even work for a company that doesn't allow employees to utilize social media. Yeah, see, wow. we yeah, that's that's a tough one too because, you know, that's why I, I, that's I, why it's good we're talking about. I think this. once again this comes down to, you know, what's your vision, what's your culture, do people enjoy working there? Because if people enjoy working there and, you know, you're a good person to work for, they're not going to be wanting to spend their entire day. They are cultural fit, you know, this is also assuming they're a cultural fit with your um, company. They're not going to want to be, you know, texting and, you know, doing social media that's not productive work stuff all day long. But at the same time, 
I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. My, I know it's something that would probably annoy my dad, but for me, it's like, you know, send a couple, as long as it doesn't disrupt work, send a t- couple text messages. It's fine. You know, everybody needs to, you know, communicate with their, their spouses or, don't you know, something like that. Don't abuse a privilege. Just don't abuse it. Exactly. Yeah. So it just comes down to that. And, you know, I struggle with that all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm, you know what I'm doing? I, to? I, I honestly don't think I'm, it's ever going to go away. I think I'm just no. going to have to like throw you, up the you, towel. Yeah. You need to go adapt ahead. to it. You know what I'm going to do tomorrow though? What's I'm that? turning off my phone all day. I'm going to turn it off. Oh, on Sunday. Yeah. Tomorrow's Sunday. Tomorrow's Sunday. Yeah. yeah. But well, you've um, tried that before. I have. You? And and how, and, yeah. And, and it went okay. And my, my wife even went, you know, went to me the other day. She's like, whatever happened to the, you know, 24 hours without once a week without a phone? I was like, I, I know I need to bring it back because, you know, I can almost feel myself starting to get um, a little high strung, a little stressed out. So there's another thing, too, that really kind of shocked me, too, is benefits. So when I go to hire that next millennial from for my shop or from my office or whatever the case may be, they really want a lot of choice and variety, like a well-rounded array of benefits, which I was shocked at that. I I would have thought that they wanted it really simple, but no, they they want to they really would like to have the 401k, the profit sharing plan, the dental insurance, the life insurance, the health insurance. They really want all those options as far as benefits. Well, and that's hard for a small business. It is. You know, it it's really hard is. for a small business like ours. So, I think you just have to do the best that you can. Right. But fortunately, you know, the dollar amount is isn't their highest priority. It either. is not. And I, th- I think for most people, it's not their highest priority. Maybe, you know, different generations, you know, maybe saw that as a, as a higher priority, but not my generation and not, especially not this upcoming generation. Yeah, I mean, put more money into that, you know, survey your staff, find out what what's most important to them. That's a hard thing though for a small business. So you really have to balance that and say, you know what, if all of these benefits like, you know, walking in to work with your flip-flops on and coming when you want to come and, you know, having 25 choices of health insurances for you. I, I just can't do it. But what I can offer you is a small company where I truly care about you as a person and I can offer you, you know, this menu of benefits. And just be clear with them and say, yeah. is this something that, you know, you're accepting of? Um, is this something that you can handle, you know, working at a company where maybe the benefits aren't quite as robust as, you know, as other companies? Yeah. Customization and control. They want personalization, tailored benefits to their needs. So basically what we just talked about, but they want it structured exactly for the um, simplicity. They want simple, clear, and easy to follow steps. They don't want it arduous. They don't want a lot of tasks involved in, in getting those benefits. They want it real simple. Of course, you know, they want like interaction and collaboration to um, social peer networks, interaction network. They want to use the technology like as far as simplicity in, in health insurance. They want to go, they want to log on maybe with the use of an app to their health insurance company and find a doctor, see if what their deductible is. Yeah, they really want to have that technology enhance their lives. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of a conversation that you and I just had recently, which is um, we were talking with um, Sandvik, the cutting tool company, and they actually use podcasts. It's not a published podcast like like we have. It's a, um, it's a it's private podcast for their sales network. And yeah. uh, they use technology in order to inform their sales and marketing staff about what is going on in the company. And I think that that's fabulous. They've said to themselves, you know, we have these millennials working for us. We have these, um, you know, young application engineers and we're we're going to give them this new tool in order to educate them. I think yep. that's I think that's great. Well, they they trust technology, and because they, they trust, trust it. it. Yep, absolutely. Well, they grew up with it. 
Yep. They grew up with it. So I got a question for you, Jason. I've is got the, the Is there a new millennial in uh, Zenger's? Oh, we got a ton. So, yeah, we got But we is a there a new them. one in your future? Well, if, if we hire, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, a possibility. Yeah. So based on what we just talked about today, are you going to consider those key points that we just talked about today? I'm definitely going to consider them. I'm not going to, you know, change my company at this point in order right. to adopt some of them. But it's certainly something that I'm moving more towards some of these factors, yes, no doubt, too. because, you know, it's something that, you know, everybody is demanding and, um, you know, it's important. It um, really is. It really is. And, and you know, um, I mentioned before that, you know, my wife's a millennial and, you know, she's really kind of brought some of this stuff to my attention and, you know, kind of prodded me along as far as, um, you know, the benefits that, you know, she was used to and that, you know, she thinks that are important for the business. So, um, and, and I have three millennials and I'm learning from them. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I, I need it to be spelled out. I need it to be bulleted out for me because I only think it's my kids. I don't think it's the whole generation, the whole culture. So I need it to be brought to my attention. And then I then I have my aha moment. I say, oh, that's why my that's why my kids are acting that way, because that's how they were raised. That's the generation, that's a culture. Mm-hmm. This is the technology that they grew up in. Yep. So it's just it's good for me to have it defined as an employer. Is in a, a future millennial employer. I think it's just all good stuff, and and I connect with millennials. You know, I, I really do, and um, I like using the technology as much as they do. So absolutely, I think that's about it for uh, this episode. And uh, you know, like I always say at the end of all of our episodes, Jason and I are just here to um, combat some of the things that we get slapped in our face on the day-to-day basis. And hopefully some of this information that we're bringing you today can make you be a better employer and help you make better decisions and in hiring that new millennial. Yeah, I would say as, you know, as an action step for our listeners, you know, really look at, you know, the culture of your company and and how you operate and say to yourself, is how we operate going to be a fit for the future generation? Because eventually you're going to have mostly millennials working for you. So you better adopt. And, you know, people are people and, and, you know, they're not, it's not like we're talking about, you know, this is a new type of person. I mean, it's not, it's just a new generation. They're a little bit different, but you know, how look right. at your humans company. Humans are still humans. Humans are still humans. Right. Exactly. You know, our nature is still the same. Exactly. We still cry. Yeah, exactly. You know? So just, you know, think about, you know, how can you make some baby steps to adapt? adapt. Adapt or adopt? adopt? Both. You're okay. going to adopt. You're going to adopt a, a little bit of a um, new system, and you're going to adapt to this changing generation. Well said. Well said. Do we need to change our tagline because you know it's not about <laughs> making money anymore? No, so, it really isn't. So I don't know. We're gonna have to come. If you're a millennial and you're listening to this, and and you can come up with something different than if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Let Jim and I know. Yeah. And Jason, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of us if they want to respond to this or any oh, other? Oh, yeah, sure. So thing. email us. One of the things we're talking about is maybe cutting off the comments on our website and just relying on um, people emailing Jim and I. So it's jim at makingchips.com. Or if you want to reach me, it's jason at makingchips.com. Um, or you can even talk you can, to Ryan. You can talk Ryan to Ryan. Ryan Ryan's our chips. millennial on yeah. Making Chips. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Email him, ryan at makingchips.com. Yeah, we'll figure it out. And yeah. um Again, like my dad always said, if you're not making ships, you're not making money. But we'll see what the millennials (laughs) have to say about that. Let us know. Thanks, everybody. Good having you with us today. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips.
Why was it off? Cut that. <laughs> because I got up. Never turn it off. <laughs> I'm never turning this thing off again. I'm going to get you a new microphone that doesn't have an on and off button. I know.